Hey, 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 you are strong and capable, and it's time that you knew it. So in this show, we're talking about leadership, mindset, mental health, authenticity. I want you to look in the mirror and love the human staring back. So if you're ready to dig into who you are, where you're going, and how to get there, if you're ready for real talk all with a side of glitter and laughter, then you're in the right place. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Strong and Capable. My name is Bridgette Heller. I'm your host, and I have a fabulous guest on today, Miss Amber Robbins from Stand. Amber, you want to say hey? Hello. It's nice to be with you today, Bridgette, and your audience. Yes, I'm so happy to be be with you this morning. I was thinking about you as I was prepping and getting ready. It's maybe it's just the last name. You've got Mel Robbins and you've got Tony Robbins and now you've got Amber. Ah, <laughs> no pressure. No, no pressure. She's coming on to the stage. <laughs> but your mission is really important and it's different. You're not just out there motivating people. You're educating and you're teaching and you have a passion and what you're educating and motivating about is bullying because you have experienced intense aggression and bullying in your life. Do you want to share a little bit of your story with the audience today? Certainly. So I am a middle-aged woman who was never bullied at all as a child. I was a straight-A student, um, 4.0 student, little nerdy, but had friends, little shy, but was never bullied, never bullied. And so coming into middle-aged years, I had a run-in with a narcissistic bully that I didn't realize that's who and what she was, who, when I stood up to her for bullying other women, turned on me, which is really, when I've studied this, what the biggest reason people don't be upstanders for is they fear retaliation. And that is exactly what happened to me. Um, This woman then got her entire extended family and community involved in harassing and stalking me and my family and we moved and got a PO box and hid and unfortunately with the online world that we live in it did not end and so this situation really opened my eyes to what some of our children and teens are facing today and so I decided to go back to graduate school to get a master's of education in school counseling for the sole purpose of creating these bully prevention intervention programs. And what I didn't realize when I enrolled in school a few years ago was that this situation would continue for almost six years. Um, I have seen all of the do's and don'ts and all of the laws and structural changes that need to be made to protect our children. Um, I had to hire a cybersecurity expert at one point because my accounts were getting hacked into. I was getting uh, follow requests from I see you and I watch you and just terrifying things. And so again, my, my company is called stand and cheer company because I realized from living this as an adult, that the three steps to bullying intervention are for bystanders to become upstanders and to stand up, speak out and cheer along. And so My mission and my goal is to one, um, you can see the word stand as a passion of mine. And that's actually an acronym that I created for the targets of bullying. And I don't call them victims. I call them targets because they're being targeted because they have something that the bully doesn't have. And they're trying to push them down because they don't want them to shine their light and look better, which is really sad. But 
STAND is an acronym that I created for stand tall and never defeated. And so one of my missions is to, it's to help these targets to have power and take their power back and stand tall and never defeated. And the second part of that stand word is upstander, which really, if you look up the definition, it is a newly coined term. So it's a real word, which is when bystanders intervene and take action, specifically when it comes to bullying or abuse, they are then coined upstanders. So my mission then is to empower upstanders to assist and then help these targets to stand themselves and to get the bullying to stop and then to recover because we are finding that there really is intense trauma and lasting impacts to some of this aggression. So that's my, my background. Love it. And stand tall and never defeated. So for those listening, it's like, oh yeah, strong and capable, stand tall and never defeated. Like the, no wonder Amber and I are friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense here. Um, but I love that stand tall and never defeated. And, you know, I was bullied as a child. I was spit on and talked about, we moved a lot and it was something about the new shy girl. I was often told that I was rude and thought I was better than people. And it was because I was intensely shy. And so then that made it an easy target. It's like once one person starts, then everybody starts, you know, um, and we were a unique family. There were seven of us. I had a disabled sister. Like I said, we moved a lot. And so it was just like, Hey, perfect storm to be bullied. Sorry. You know, like you said, it's, I don't, I've done enough work, which is so much of what I want the strong and capable audience to know and learn is like, do the work. I've done enough work that bullying at this point is a piece of my story. It is not my identity. Like you said, I'm not a victim of this. Um, but what it has created is an intense need to be like you called this, this upstander because it's not okay. And, you know, hurt people, hurt people is not a phrase I, I like, it's not something I agree with. I don't believe hurt people should be allowed to continue to hurt people just because they're quote unquote hurt. It shouldn't be an excuse, right? It gives you some understanding and insight as to the why of the behavior but very much we need to then go in and correct the behavior. Uh, yep. Bullying is a learned behavior, right? People are not born bullies. It is a learned behavior, which is bad news, but the good news is it can be relearned. And that's really kind of part of my focus as well is it's not okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not okay. And that's the first thing is like you said, standing up and saying, wait, this is not okay. As a society, we are not willing to do this anymore, allow this anymore, not in the workplace, not in homes, not in schools, not anywhere because not in churches. I mean, it's everywhere. Bowling really is everywhere. And it's been used as a tool to pull one person up while pushing the others down. And, you know, that is just hurts my heart on so many levels. So one of, when you reached out to me, Amber, one of the things I loved is I already know what you're doing and I know how impactful it is. And you said, I kind of want to talk about bullying yourself and what that looks like. And in this year of the strong and capable transformation, this is such a key piece to transforming your life is to stand up, stand tall and determined, right? What is it? Stand tall and never defeated never defeated thank you (laughs) i had it written down earlier and i cleaned my desk so (laughs) stand tall and never defeated but how do you do that within yourself 
What does that look like? Because we know that to transform a family, to transform a community, to transform a home, you have to transform yourself, you know? Correct. And what's interesting is I coach, you know, children and teens through this. Like, you know, I ask, are you being bullied? Because a lot of these kids that have trouble with school or want to drop out, like they are being bullied. And when I worked with adults, it's kind of the same thing, except for it's, you know, adults can bully adults as well. But what I find is that we tend to bully ourselves. And, you know, I I want all of the listeners to kind of pause and think about that and think what the answer is. Do you bully yourself? And I think a lot of us do. And so when I coach, you know, students, children and teens about this, and I coach their parents on how to help them get out of a bullying situation, I focus on three things to listen, to validate, and to act. Well, the same three things apply to if you're bullying yourself. There's a different spin on the reasoning and the actions to take under those, but it's to listen, to validate, and to act. And so that's kind of what I wanted to discuss today is those three steps. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. So first thing is listening, right? What does that look like when you're listening? I know I have my secret recipe class, and this is one of the first things, the very first things that we clue in on because most people, unless you've done quote unquote the work, don't know that you can actually tune into yourself and listen. What does that look like um, from your point of view and the bowling? What is listening? Yeah, so through my own experience being bullied by this mean girls club, I realized it's easy for us to take on what others think of us. So that could be from past trauma, how we were raised, you know, some interactions within our family or friend groups. And and then we start to bully ourselves. And that is so detrimental. And so the listening aspect is to really take the time to listen to what you're telling yourself. Are you telling yourself gee, I'm not a very good woman. I'm not a very good mom. I'm not a very good friend. I'm not a very good person or employee. And really taking the time to understand what those negative things are that you are absorbing and and taking on. Um, And then I think it's really important in the listening aspect as well is to acknowledge or try to understand where those voices are coming from. So is it from childhood? Is it from a past employer? Is that from a family relationship or a spouse? And to have that understanding as well. And and as you mentioned with, you know, your secret recipe club, which I love that you do is it's really simply about understanding what the current situation is, what the current conversation is that you're having with yourself and just acknowledging that I think is the first step in moving forward. Yeah. And and acknowledging without judgment, right? Always because um, I remember the first time that I did this, it was a 60 minute thought log. And I literally said, I want Oreos 10 times at the time, (laughs) at the time we were broke. I was in postpartum depression with two little children. And in my mind, if I could just have some dang Oreos, life would be better. And it was actually a control thing, right? I was, my life was out of control. And this one tiny thing, I felt like if I could control that, everything could be better. And, you know, that's kind of been my battle my whole life is letting go. But um, I think when you do the thought record, when you really listen to yourself, when you, you know, some people write it out, journal it out. Some people will talk to themselves in a recorder. You know, when you start to do that, you're going to be like, wow, it's messy up there. 
it, it's like when you open the pantry for the first time in six months and you have five teenagers, you're like, whoa, what happened in here? You know, <laughs> or toddlers. I mean, any, any stage of any kids or family, but it's messy. And it's because without intentional work, it's going to be messy. And so listening without judgment, knowing that it's, it's okay, whatever you find, you've taken the first step. This is the most important one. Correct. Yep. Without judgment is definitely it. Because if you're doing it with judgment, then you're continuing that bullying cycle of yourself, right? Which is not where we want to be. So the second step then is to validate. And it's important to validate what you're feeling and what you're feeling is real. That's not saying that, you know, I'm a bad mom is real, but that what you're feeling is a real thought and feeling that you have. So validate what you're feeling is real, but don't stay stuck there. Validate. And then we're moving on by, and this is something that I learned a lot from you, Bridgette, in following your accounts was um, part of the validation is validating who you really are. And a lot of that, there's so much science to this. And I know you're a big advocate is doing affirmations. I like to call them power statements because those affirmations have so much power. They really, through science, you know, scientific research have been proven to rewire your brain for good. So the caveat to that is it's just like brushing your teeth, right? If you brush your teeth one time, it's a good thing, right? Doing a validation once is a good thing, but it really is a practice that you have to be consistent in, in order to make it a habit that's going to really help you in the long run and change your life. So, you know, our brains have these these pathways and the more negative pathways that we build from negative statements, they just get deeper and deeper and deeper ingrained to which when we get triggered or set off by something automatically, you know, just like a, a, an old horse that's used to this deep path, it just makes it easier to just do the one thing takes that negative route. And so by rebuilding or rewiring, recreating these new paths that are positive, affirmations are a big part in doing that so that when we get triggered or have negative experiences with someone, our first instinct, and it takes a lot of work at first, is to go down a positive route with an affirmation of who you really are and what you really are capable of, strong and capable, um, and helping us to feel better about ourselves and see ourselves for who we really are. I love everything you just said. Amen, right? All the things. <laughs> It's interesting to me every time I do the 10 day I am challenge, which as you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that and it's 10 positive statements for 10 days in a row about day three or four. And now I do the challenge where you can sign up and get emails. And I even say this, I have little videos every day and day three or four. This is hard. You maybe don't believe it because at first people are so excited and they're like, I can do this. This is going to make me feel good. I'm going to be so happy. And day three or four, they're like, I don't believe a single thing I'm saying. I'm a fraud. Oh my gosh. And they almost try and backwards, right? Because like you said, it's going back to the old path because that's the comfortable path. That's the one that is so deeply ingrained in us that is well-worn. We know it. And these new paths, they always existed, right? When you're two, you don't think I'm a bad mom that comes in time, right? So they always exist, but cleaning out the weeds, really ingraining that path in our mind and our heart and those neuro beautiful highways, it, it does take effort. And so when you're feeling that panic or that doubt rising during validation, you really have to say, I, I always go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I am safe. 
I am in control here. I'm happy. I determine my destiny. And, you know, I'll give myself, like you said, power statements, but it's like understanding you're safe first has to be the first one. Because we're not always ready to say I'm a good mom. So sometimes it just has to be, I'm safe. I'm comfortable. Okay, now I get to decide what I'm going to do socially, emotionally with myself. And I rode a roller coaster this week. It's the tallest roller coaster, tallest and fastest roller coaster in California. It's brand new at SeaWorld. I'm not getting paid for this endorsement, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Emperor. It was so best experience of my life. But the first time around, because we got to do like a pre before it opens, you know, go ride it. So nobody was there. First time around, I'm looking at this thing and I'm sick. I thought I was going to throw up. Oh my gosh, throw up. So I'm, I go, I decide no first row because the first row, they have you hang over the edge before they drop you. And it's a floor. There's a point to all this, I promise. So I get on the second row. I have this sweet person next to me and she says, girl, you got this. This is amazing. It's going to be amazing. This is the best row. I've been doing this for an hour. It's like, what? So that's so good. Her positive energy and validation meant everything to me. And so I thought, okay, she's right. I got this. And I started, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. And I said, seriously, not joking 10 times. I am safe. I am strong and capable. I get to experience great things. So I walked myself through this mantra, half out loud, half in my head, people around me were giggling, but they were good with it. <laughs> you know, I love it. anyway, second time around, I went first row and it was incredible. Third time around, my cute niece got on with me and just boo boo, because that's what they call me. My stomach feels so not good because <laughs> she's waiting and that anxiety. And I told her, I said, anxiety is a sign that you could be in danger. It's, it's a good thing. In this case, you're not in danger. So what are we going to do? And the, she is so cute because her mom is phenomenal. So she's gotten tools to help her. She's just 10 years old and she's, I'm going to tell myself good things. And that's okay, let's do it together. And so I'm strong, I'm safe, I'm here to have fun. And it was so cool because she's younger, those pathways aren't as ingrained, right? And so she was able to accept them quickly and we had the best time. It is not just weird magic or voodoo. This is real science and it works. Validation is extremely important in your journey. So I love, in, in, when you're telling that story, I love a lot about that, but <laughs> two particular things that stood out to me is I love that the woman validated you, the woman that you didn't know. And then I love that you validated your cute niece because that's where the power is too. It's validating ourselves, but as women and men too, but I like to always say, you know, women have the capability to be what I call helpers, healers, and hope spreaders, right? We can be the crazy mean girls club that I dealt with for way too long, or we can choose to be those people who see the good in others and to strengthen them. And I love both of those interactions because you said what a difference it made to you and what a difference it made to your niece. And we all have that power. You know, when I talk to, to teens, because I do, you know, with my, my job, I do a lot of like goal counseling and, you know, graduation path counseling and such with these students. And they all want to be influencers. It cracks me up. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. And that's totally doable. But what I kind of pause and tell them is, you know what, you can be an influencer now, not necessarily a social media influencer, but I have this presentation that I give that's called be, a, be an influencer, no social media required. And it talks about 
cheering people along and what power it has for teens as well as adults to do that. So part of that validation can be validating ourselves, but man, let's go on and cheer others along. Like life is so hard for people right now. And I love that. I love that story. So thank you for sharing. So stand and share. What is step number three? So step number three is to act. So when I act, when I coach parents on how to help their students, you know, their children or teens, um, in regards to bullying intervention and prevention, I encourage them um, to seek out the adult in authority to help them and to take action in getting the bullying to stop because there's usually someone who's been trained or should have been trained on how to do this. And much of the act in you know, the action is asking for help and utilizing tools and resources. And so the same applies for us, right? If we're struggling with our self-worth or our value or telling ourselves all these negative things and it's keeping us down, act. There are so many people and in my line of work, both, you know, in the schools and then with all of the social media stuff that I do. So I work with a lot of adults and a lot of children and teens. And there are so many tools and resources out there full of trained and experienced people to help us. So whether that's a life coach, whether that's a therapist, whether that's a fitness coach, whether it's a networking group or a ladies lunch or whatever it is, those people are there. And, and what's been so amazing to me, the many wonderful people that I've met is usually they're experts for a reason. They've experienced whatever their specialty is, right? It's not like they wake up one day and they're like, oh, I'm just really an expert in this. More often than not, you find out their backstory or why they're passionate. You know, yes, they may have gotten a certification or training, but there's always a reason. And I love that if, as we connect with people and, and take action by asking for help and getting, you know, and it is, like you said, it's hard work. It's not that someone just says, oh, this is my expertise. Here's the gift of healing from this. It's hard work, but I just really want to challenge everybody. Like if you're struggling or, you know, if you're having these down thoughts about yourself, like there are so many different expertise out there of people that are willing and just really want to help. So once, you know, I like to say, ask for help. And then once you're transformed or changed or help again, then be willing to help others. Like we have this amazing power to be helpers, healers, and hope spreaders. So if you're struggling right now, ask for help. And if you're not, good on you. I'm clapping like that's great, but then be a helper, be someone that helps and validates other people. I believe in this so much. And I mentioned this to Amber when we actually recorded this podcast before and they hadn't, I didn't hit record. Oh my gosh. I did the first half, not the second half. Anyway, long story. Nobody needs to know, but the strong and capable philosophy is know who you are, know where you're going, know how to get there. And once you know who you are, then there's a transformation, like we're talking about this year of, okay, now where am I going? What am I doing with my life? And then once you know how to get there, I firmly believe it's your responsibility to turn around and help others up the mountain. That it is what we're meant to do is to not only transform and become the person we need to become in service to ourselves and the world, but we have a duty to help others as well. And when you hit that victory moment, when you can look back and go, whoa, this was horrible, but I've learned so much and I've overcome so much and I am strong and I'm amazing. Like when you reach that 
yeah, I, I hope that everyone has that that push in their heart to go around and go and just like you have, that's what your journey's been about. And also I like to tell people pay attention to when you're getting help, where their education comes from, who are their mentors, look at that really closely. And don't thirdly, don't be discouraged. I know in the counseling world, if your first counselor is not the right fit, that doesn't mean counseling is not for you. It just maybe not the right personality match or, you know, different things, techniques that you don't appreciate or work for you. Keep trying, don't give up and you will find the things that help you. So, um, because there's so many modalities out there that this is like trying carrots one way and saying, I hate carrots. There are so many ways to have carrots. I like carrots and cake. That's about it. Uh, me too. You know? <laughs> like the point is try it many different ways. So Amber, as we head into honestly wrapping up the school year, which I feel like is a big time of bullying because when bullies get stressed, they lash out, you know, and ourself bullying ourselves when we get stressed out, we lash out. What are some of your tips for finding, I guess, the grace, like we talked about, you know, listen and validate, but when you're struggling, what's the next best thing when you're struggling to do that, what would be the next best thing for people to start on this journey? Do you think? You know, I have really learned both in my own life and then in working with so many people is again, find the helpers. So when I love the, the, there's a big quote out there that's really popular. That's by Fred Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers, where it says, you know, he says, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would always say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find the people that are helping. And I just, you know, as we're struggling or trying to find the grace ourselves, I think it's so important to find someone who I, because I have the stand acronym, I always say, you know, like if I know one of my friends is struggling, I will reach out to them and I will say, I stand with you and I'm cheering you along. And because people did that to me in different ways, and it really changed my life and some of my darkest hours through this experience. And so as you're seeking that validation or struggling, look for and latch onto those people who have your back and are standing with you. And as you say, realize that you're strong and capable, even if you don't see it right now, because there are, you know, hope, hopelessness is something that is just prevalent today. And it breaks my heart, but that's where people get into trauma and suicide ideation and hopelessness. And if you can provide any hope for someone, do it. Or if you need hope, seek out the people who will help provide that hope for you. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Love that. And as a helper, providing that hope, the main way you can provide that hope as they um, say in first mental health first aid, which I know your mental health first aid certified is that that listening and validating is the most important thing you can do for anyone. So if you're on the helper side, the first thing you can do is just listen, just, and don't try and fix immediately or anything like that. Just listen and let them know their feelings are valid and then help, find help. Um, thank you, Amber, so much. How can people find you? Because I know I can think of like 10 people off the top of my head that need you right now. So how can people find you? So yeah, so I have a website. So again, my company, I have a couple, but the one for bullying intervention prevention is called Stand and Cheer Co. And so I have Instagram and websites accounts under those names. I have a cool stand shop that has a whole bunch of stand 
gear from stickers to hats to shirts. It's really fun. So check that out. And then I also have an account that's called Amber Robbins Stands that has um, just strengthening tools, uh, resources for families, for strengthening families and teens is my passion. So that's it. I love it. And of course, we'll put all of those things in the bio because I have all the links. <laughs> so that will be in the bio and on the blog and on the Instagram and all the things. So you can find her through there as well. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. You're my hero for listening and you would be my extra special hero if you would share this episode, share with your friends what you're listening to and what you love about it and bring them into the community. If you want to connect more, you can join me on my favorite place, Instagram. It's Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. Or you can find us on the Facebook page, The Strong and Capable. It's a private group. I will let you in and then you can Zoom with us twice a month where we have special guests and we talk more about these subjects that we're hitting on in the podcast. Of course, if you want to go further, there is always the Launch Your Podcast in 30 Days course where you can Zoom with me every week and we'll get your voice into the world and so many other ways. So find that all at www.thestrongandcapable.com. And remember, friends, you are exactly that. You're strong and capable. Talk to you later.